Hear the word of God from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 through 14. These readings come from the Common English Bible. You can find this reading on page 951 in the Pew Bible. Nobody should deceive you with stupid ideas. God's anger comes down on those who are disobedient because of this kind of thing. So you shouldn't have anything to do with them. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live your life as children of light. Light produces fruit that consists of every sort of goodness, justice, and truth. Therefore, test everything to see what's pleasing to the Lord, and don't participate in the unfruitful actions of darkness. Instead, you should reveal the truth about them. It's embarrassing to even talk about what certain persons do in secret, but everything exposed to the light is revealed by the light. Everything that is revealed by the light is light. Therefore, it says, Wake up, sleeper. Get up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. So grateful to be with you here. I'm not in this space very often. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Justin LaRosa. I'm usually over in Magnolia and then at the downtown campus. And yes, I did get my hair cut, for those of you who picked up. For those of you that don't know, my hair was down to here just a few weeks ago. So welcome. Let's pray together. God, uh, we give thanks for being in your presence. We remember that this time is to worship you to put the things that we expect to get on the shelf and to worship you with our hearts and our minds and our soul and our strength. I pray that my words might not get in the way of that. In Christ's name, amen. We start in the dark. We end in the light. That's the journey of faith. And in between, we're called to shine. And that's what Paul is saying in verse 8 when he said, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live your life as children of the light. Light is the Bible's most consistent theme. From the opening verses of Genesis to the last book in Revelation, we hear about light. Jesus himself is recorded uh, as saying in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then a few chapters later, he says this, which connects to Ephesians. And this is the first thing I want you to remember. If you don't remember much of anything, you are the light. Paul says, you are the light. We are the light. John chapter 12 says, while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. You see, darkness 
seems to always accompany light. And in the Bible, darkness often means blindness. It means an old way of living. It could mean sin, at times evil. Darkness sometimes overtakes, we believe, the light. So, Paul is reminding these series of churches around the area of uh, modern-day Turkey, and perhaps they needed the reminder. Many of the people at that time in the first century probably surveyed the political and cultural landscape, and maybe in the landscape of the church, and maybe they needed to be reminded. Maybe they thought that darkness was snuffing out some of the light, and Paul needed a reminder. And I wonder about us today. I wonder about you in your life. Are there areas of the community, or there areas of our world, or there areas in our government that you feel like darkness is more significant than the light? This week, I needed to hear this message. Let me tell you why. Because in it, Pennsylvania, where I'm from, Pittsburgh, a grand jury brought to light a thousand victims of abuse in the diocese of the Catholic Church. Seventy years of a pattern of abuse, denial, and institutional cover-up. Some of those very priests were in the parishes that I went to church in. Some of those very priests married some of my friends and acquaintances. And so as I surveyed this week the political and church landscape, I needed to hear these words, and I want you to say them with me. I have to repeat them if you would. Lord, help us live as children of the light. Will you say that with me? Lord, help us live as children of the light. That wasn't, that wasn't the only thing that brought me down and brought me thinking about darkness. The other thing, I started watching that video. Some of you know what video I'm talking about. That video, I kept watching over and over in St. Pete, over a handicapped parking spot. I would watch that disturbing video over and over and over again, think of the absurdity and madness of that, and I thought to myself, I had to say, say it with me, Lord, help us live as children of the light. And then, the New York Times article, I dug into it this week. I don't know if you, anyone, if you know the name Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels was one of the most significant uh, evangelical pastors over the last 30 years. Started Willow Creek, founded it, and led it. I think they had like 20,000 in worship. He helped shape this church and some of our leadership as well. He did many good things. And then it comes to light that he's accused of misconduct by a cadre of women. And if that wasn't bad enough, when some of them came to the church, the church board hid it. Or at least didn't act. And I had to say to myself, I had to say to myself amidst that darkness, and maybe you'll say it to me, Lord, help us to be children of the light. And then our own brothers and sisters in the United Methodist tradition were coming face to face with some difficult times in February. We're coming on a collision course over the issue of human sexuality. And as I surveyed 
the, the social media landscape on people on both sides of that issue. And the vitriol. And the comments. And the darkness. I said to myself, Lord, help us live as children of the light. Now, mind you, that's all outside, right? You can point to that. Catholic Church, Methodist, community. What about our own brokenness? What about our own brokenness and sin? The places in our lives that we'd rather the person next to us or nearby us not know about. We would prefer people to not see the darkness in our own lives. We have secrets that we hide, relationships that are broken, infidelity and deceit and pornography and addiction and depression that hides in the darkness of our soul. And we do everything to not let the light shine in on that. And again I say, Lord, help us live as children of the light. And if you said those words, if you thought those words, did you realize what you affirmed when you said them? To say that you and I are the light means that God calls you and me, us, in this faith community to be the source of hope and promise in the darkness. That's what we're called to do. Because you see, it's not just enough to be the light. It's not just enough to know that you're children of God, that God has forgiven you, that God has chosen you. It's not enough to just know that you're the light. You must actually shine the light, which is a whole heck of a lot harder than just saying it. Some of you might not feel like you have that much light to give right now. You at times might feel like darkness is winning, whether it's in the community or maybe it's in that little secret place in your life you're not telling anybody about. Maybe you feel like you're too broken. Maybe you feel like you're not spiritual enough or you don't know the Bible enough. Or you, you, I can't do this because I'm just, I'm just not a church guy or a gal. I... I just don't know the insider stuff. I can't shine the light. I'm too broken. There's too much, there's just too much brokenness in my life. I, I don't know that I can do it. I don't know that I can do it. But here's, here's the paradox. Being broken is exactly what needs to happen before you can shine the light. Brokenness is an avenue through which the light shines. And think about this. Anyone know what this is? Glow stick. That's right. Can't tell if it's illuminated or not. I've got a couple of them. The metaphor, this reminded me this, this week of this metaphor. And this is sometimes what needs to happen to us. You see, darkness, we can believe in our own lives or in the community can kind of dim the light or maybe our light isn't shining so much. Maybe our light is, you know, maybe taking a little pause. And you know, when, 
I felt this way in my life when I first, before I first got sober, I was, uh, some of you know, I've been uh, in uh, fellowship for a, a long time. And I felt so broken. The wreckage of my past, the wreckage of my present, just was overbearing. I had a, I had a very unstable kind of upbringing, and I, I turned to uh, these substances to, to change my life, to change how I feel, and, and, and I got stuck, and I felt like I didn't have the light. I, didn't, I wasn't sure that you did either. I wasn't sure about the church. I had so much depression and anxiety. I wasn't sure about what to do. But it was at that low place. It was at the bottom when I, when I was so broken that the process of transformation had begun. Because look what happens. When the darkness breaks us, whether that be on the community level or in the shadows of our own lives, the light can begin to shine. And that's true for us. It's true for the world. When the world feels like it's at its darkest, at its most broken, it's the time to allow God to shine the brightest. And in the 60s, uh, Rutha Mae Harris was, was a singer. She established this group called the Freedom Singers. And this was at a time when hatred and oppression and racism ruled the day with impunity, even in churches. But there she and others gathered. They traveled the country to perform mostly spiritual songs at churches and rallies and anywhere activists would gather for the movement. And how do you suppose that they shine the light of love in that darkness and in that violent time? They did it through song. They did it through singing. And they belted out these songs during violent and dangerous protests. And when she was interviewed by NPR, this is what she said. She said that they, in, in the midst of the violence and fear, music was our anchor. It kept us from being afraid. You started singing a song and somehow those billy cubs just wouldn't hit you. Music played an important role in the movement. You see, these people at that time became the embodiment of a, this passage of Scripture that we're talking about today. A few verses later, when Paul tells the church, he tells the Christians, he says, speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to the Lord in your hearts. You see, no matter what kind of darkness we have going on in our lives or in the community, we can sing. We can hold. We can look to the light. We can affirm that we have the light. And what song do you think they sang during those times? I'll tell you later. You see, we have to believe that we are children of the light. We are called to shine that light after being broken by darkness, whether it's in our lives, the church's life, or in the community. But finally, we must do what Paul says is use the light. We must use the light to expose darkness. Check out verse 14 again. Paul says, everything 
that is illuminated becomes the light. Think about that. Everything that's in the shadows, everything that's in the darkness, when the light hits it, it can become light. God wants you, wants us to expose the absurdity and evil in the world. Whether it's in the Catholic Church, Willow Creek, United Methodist Church, in a questionable law, the lack of affordable housing, whatever it is, God is inviting us to use the light so that the brokenness can be transformed. It can be mined out from the recesses of where it sits and pulled out to the surface so God can do something different with it. He takes our sins and our secrets and our brokenness and He restores us. And that, brothers and sisters, is good news. And you might be thinking, okay, great. How? How? All throughout Ephesians, Paul tells us on the second half, starting in chapter 4, he tells us how. Last week we talked about living in love. And last week we talked about some real specific ways to be angry but not sin. How'd that work out for you this week, for those of you who are here? Good. Rebecca said yes. I struggled, especially after reading that report. Paul tells us the do's and don'ts in this passage. They're very straight, uh, straightforward and pretty simple. The, the don'ts are this. Don't uh, associate with disobedient people. Don't be deceived, deceived by stupid ideas. And don't participate in works of darkness. You see, one of the ways we can do that is we do it together. We do it together, not just in worship, because you can go in and out. It's important that you're here and we worship and we sing and we're reminded. But it's not just worship. It is being together in circles of small groups. Because the gravitational pull of separateness and brokenness and of hiding is very strong. Living as children of the light requires that we study, that we pray, that we sing, we encourage one another. And then the last one, which none of us like, accountability. To have accountability of people looking into our lives and inviting us to shine a little brighter. Brothers and sisters, if you are going it alone, I will guarantee you, your life is not shining as bright as it could. And God wants it to shine a little bit brighter for him. So what happens when we shine the light to expose the darkness? Paul is pretty clear about that too. In verse 9 he says, Light produces fruit that consists of these three things. Every sort of goodness, justice, and truth. So we got to use our light to expose evil and goodness results. We got to use our light to expose injustice, injustice results. And we have to use our light to expose falsehood. And what comes from that is truth and love. Use the light to expose injustice. Use the light to bring about goodness. That's what the light of Christ can do. And that's what you're called to do too. So that brings us back to the freedom singers and that story that I told you about. The song that they often sang in the 60s, which became somewhat of a resistance song, was This Little Light of Mine. 
I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Some of you are shaking your head. This same song was used just a year ago in Charlottesville. When the alt-right Nazis gathered in Virginia on that day, some activists and pastors wanted to be a presence to that darkness. And the plan was that they would come to that place where the protests were going on and they wouldn't say a word. They would just be absolutely silent. They would be a silent presence of love. But what happened was some other people came with them that weren't trained to just be silent. And the Nazis and alt-right people started yelling homophobic slurs. They started amping it up, being real, saying, you will not replace us, all kinds of stuff. And so this one pastor was there. He, has, he happened to be a songwriter and a singer. And this is what he said. He said, the Nazis were cursing and yelling homophobic slurs and energy among the people who weren't trained was amping up. So one, so this is what he said. I knew that song could change the atmosphere. So I just broke out in this little light of mine. Take a look at the video. Y'all got anything to say? You guys sing? because we've accepted Christ and are living as children of the light doesn't mean that that all goes away and dissipates. We know that there are people in this congregation throughout the Sunday morning and Sunday evening that have darkness in their lives. Darkness that they're hiding. Paul says, be children of the light. To do that, we must expose it and confess it. We must go to dark places. Not only the dark places in our lives, but the dark places in the community. And be a presence of the light there. We must surround ourselves in Christian community. And we must read the scripture. And we must sing songs of praise. We've got to let our light shine. And we can hear those words from Paul at the end of our scripture in a whole different way. Wake up, sleeper. Get up from the dead. Christ will shine upon us. Let's do it this week, brothers and sisters. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.